Randy Young provides us with that glimmer of hope. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands in Monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, guys? Happy Monday and welcome to the Rookie Rundown. I am your host. My name is Memphis. You can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. And with me, as always, is... The, the, the soon-to-be host of this show, the man whose show uh, will be driving the rookie content and the college content for years to come, or at least in 2021. I don't know. He's going to school to be like a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon or something. His name is Dallas Hyder. You can follow him on Twitter at Salad Galore. That is Dallas spelled backwards, Galore. Dallas, my friend, man, what's going on? Hey, Memphis. Great to be here, at. As always, uh, looking forward to a pretty busy week coming up, actually, for me uh, with my quote-unquote rocket science schooling that I'm doing. Um, but other than that, I'm still just getting the draft itch, man. We're, we're just about a week and a half, two weeks out right now, and I'm, uh, I'm feeling it. I am very ready to see where these rookies are going to be landing. I, I got to tell you, um, I've went from hype. I was pumped for this class. I was ready. I, I got to say, our topic tonight, if you haven't seen the title of the show, is called Rookie Pro Day Speed Trap. And I really feel like the lack of a combine this year took the wind out of my sails, man. I, I was fired up for, for this class. I don't understand why they couldn't do the combine. They recently had like 137 dudes in Indianapolis. They played all these games. And, uh, I don't know, man. Did, did you miss the combine more than than you thought you would? Yeah, I typically did. I I was always the guy that had the combine just rolling on my phone while I was at work over the last couple of years, and so not having it this year has been a little bit weird. And the same concept that you're bringing up, just bubble it. All it would have been is a couple of days in a bubble, and what two weeks? The guys aren't going to commit to it. It was just weird not having it. It didn't make sense from the standpoint of we played the entire season last year. All it would have taken was just a mini bubble to get these guys in here, get them with the official weights, time, speeds, bench presses, all that jazz. Instead, we're left with just the wild pro day numbers that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about slash make fun of some pro day numbers here in, in just a minute. But before we get into that, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and 
all of the amazing, amazing feedback and response based on the uh, episode last week with Pete Law. Uh, Pete has hung up his Dynasty podcasty microphone, at least in the interim. Uh, but people's reaction to Pete sharing his story and what he's been through and his willingness to help was very amazing. And one thing we ask for a lot here are five-star reviews, but I just want to share one because it, it had a, a direct tie-in to Pete, and it says, Powerful Pete, thanks for your service, but also thank you for sharing. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And that is from Tony. 4279 via Apple Podcast. If you didn't check out last week's show, you can check it out on podcasts at all your major podcast players. You can also check it out on YouTube, uh, Dynasty Warzone over at YouTube. Subscribe everywhere. But yeah, man, Pete's story was powerful, quite moving. And uh, I did retweet it and got it out a couple of times. I appreciate Pete also sharing links to the show. But Dallas, you got to admit that was a, a very powerful 15 to 20 minutes with Pete. Yeah, absolutely. Meeting Pete for the first time last week, it was one of those conversations you don't forget. I'm not going to forget it anytime soon. It was extremely powerful to me. I know it connected with a lot of our listeners just from the feedback I've seen in the Patreon chat, feedback we've seen on Twitter, that type of thing. Just a lot of people out there sharing his story, which is pretty awesome to see. Yeah, so if you haven't checked that out again, it was last week's Rookie Rundown. It dropped on what would have been 420. Uh, actually, I had that, I have that backwards. It would have dropped on 412. It would have dropped on 412. I guess I got 420 on the brains because I'm trying to get to 500 YouTube subscribers because we've got a contest going over at YouTube. If you can just simply subscribe, notifications turned on, you will be entered to win a me hosting on YouTube your first round of your rookie draft. I will help the commissioner uh, hold court um, while trades get done behind the scenes. We'll have some fun. Then when the entire draft is over, I'll do a recap. I'll give you Mel Kagper-esque grades, A, B, C, D, and F. And I will not hold back the Fs, unlike Mel Kuyper Jr. He's got to maintain relationships. I do not. I will give you my candid and honest feedback. And uh, that's just a great way to help the show grow, as well as I've been doing the At the Whiteboard with Memphis stuff. And tomorrow night on Monday, I'm going to do a mock draft with Memphis. That's right. If you're watching here uh, on Twitter, it won't be here. If you're you know listening on this podcast on Monday, won't be here. It'll only be over at YouTube. So just going to be doing a lot more fun, shorter videos over on YouTube. So head over there, subscribe, notifications turned on. And uh, lots of good stuff, Dallas. So the reason why we're here, we're going to talk pro days. Tomorrow is, as we're recording this on Sunday the 18th, on the 19th, Trey Lance, I believe, is hosting his second and what should be the last of the major pro day season. Man, what was your big takeaway from pro day season this year? Don't believe the 40 times, I guess is what I would probably say the most when it comes to everyone else. I We've talked about this a little bit before. I am much more interested in the height, the weight measurements that you're getting from pro days, and then things that just like can't be cheated based off of the naked eye. Like you, A ruler is the same length regardless of who's holding it. So those jumps, vertical and broad for me, are really important for explosiveness purposes. But anything regarding 40 times, short shuttles, three cones, I don't really pay attention to that because it's all human error with a stopwatch. If it's not laser time at the combine, I'm not going to trust it. Um, The only thing that I will look at is if I see something that is 
drastically slower than what someone should have ran, then that's going to be a red flag for me. I think my old buddy, Matt Kelly, a.k.a. the Podfather, I think he did the best job of doing this over his website, uh, Roto Underworld. He and the group over there, uh, good friends of the show, Cody Carpentier, Ray Garvin, the, the whole entire Roto Underworld crew, did a great job with adding five one-hundredths of a second to everyone's pro day time. So if you ran a four-four-five, they rounded it up to a four-five-oh. But in fairness, and I thought this was great, in the little arrow, the little up bar graph on their website, they put the pro day score and what they gave as an official score. I thought that was a very good way of uh, showing the speed while showing that it's not an official time because every other player in their database, going back however many years these guys have been doing this, those are all combined timed 40s. So it's not always an apples to apples comparison. But let me ask you a question. Did you expect any of these guys to be unathletic? Uh, going into unofficial combine times? No. Uh, I expected everyone to succeed. That's why when I say I look for those red flags on the over rather than the under marks, uh, those are the ones I'm concerned about because you should be succeeding when everything is set up perfectly for you. So that's the only time I'm going to be concerned. Well, like to me, it's like, don't, don't share with me the obvious. Okay. Don't share with me the obvious Twitter. Like, Oh my God, did you see how fast Justin Fields is? Yeah, I did see how fast he is. Cause you know what? I've watched Justin Fields play football before. So I expected him to be fast. It would have been more of a story if, if he hadn't have been fast. And speaking of stories, I'm going to share one with you. Are you ready for a story? Yes, right. I am. All right. Here, here we go. I used to have a buddy of mine, smoked a lot of weed. And that's fine. Booze, weed, whatever you're into, you're an adult, do your thing. I don't give a shit. But he used to smoke a lot of weed, but occasionally he would call me and he would be like, hey, man, dude, I've got the farts, man, and and my farts are hot. And I would tell him, only call me if they're cold, meaning don't tell me the obvious. It's a fart. It's hot. These guys are football players. Of course, they're athletic. It's It's what they do. And if there's one thing that make us as football fans stupid, and let's be honest, the majority of us are men, love the ladies out there killing it, you know, uh, at Cooter Doodle, Linda, uh, Steffi Smalls, all the ladies, uh, uh, Katie, oh my God, um, Katie from the, from the UTH, uh, at Skyler398, I believe, so many amazing ladies, but most of us are dudes, right? And if there's two things that make dudes incredibly stupid, it's beautiful women and athletes doing athletic stuff. It, it works every single time. Now, d- does it matter to you that Kyle Pitts was an athletic super freak? At the end of the day, no. I would say not really. Uh, I'm not double counting it. We've been talking about it this entire time. He's got a wingspan of, uh, you know, Boeing, <laughs> Boeing plane, yeah. basically, so – wasn't shocking seeing the numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not impressive that he can scratch his shins without bending over. But okay, great, good, good for him. You know, it, it's good that he's he's got great measurables. But uh, a sub four five forty at his pro day, it didn't change anything. You know, I would say for me personally, most of my leagues are super flex tight end premium, but it, it didn't change anything. 
he's still my fifth overall player off the board in that format. And he's still, I believe, seventh or eighth. I haven't looked at my rankings today. He's still seventh or eighth in my rankings in a non-tight end premium league. His, his amazing pro day changed nothing. And you just said it. You just stole one of my favorite points. The first mistake is double counting what you already know. And last year, Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis Colt, personal favorite of mine, uh, won a lot of people, a lot of leagues in 2020. And that guy, we, I knew he was a track star in high school. I think he was a state champion sprinter. And all of a sudden he came out and he was super fast and people lost their mind. What is it about double counting in these guys, man? It's like we we can't help ourselves. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's innate. When we see things that are fast and shiny, we want to talk about them. And we love fast and shiny things. So hearing about how fast someone is on a football field is nice. But when you can actually put raw physical numbers to what you're seeing on tape, guys just can't help themselves. Uh, People that are tape guys then start thinking about the analytics more than they probably should. And they start putting those numbers and weighting them a lot more than they probably should. You know, you, you know what chaps my ass more than, than, than people who double count combine metrics, Dallas, do you know what chaps my ass worse than that? Let's hear it. People who ignore people who ignore the data from the pro days. It's like, it doesn't fit my narrative. So therefore it doesn't matter. That's the one time that a pro day doesn't matter. I'll use Mac Jones as an example. I've used this before on Twitter, but Mac Jones at his pro day ran a faster 40 time than Patrick Mahomes. I believe he had a 33 or a 34 inch um, uh, vertical jump, which was the same, if not like an inch more than Daniel Jones. And we all like to consider Daniel Jones a Konami code light QB. It's like, oh, shit. Daniel, I mean, excuse me, Mac Jones doesn't fit our narrative of being unathletic and he's got a 33 inch vertical and he, and he runs a, a faster 40 than, than Patrick Mahomes. Add that mean anything. It's, it's just a pro day. It, it, that just drives me crazy. And you know what drives me more crazy is that people have not, it's like we live in a fishbowl and I, I know it's Twitter. It, what, what are your thoughts on, on the, the fishbowl that is Twitter and, and people ignoring the data when it doesn't suit their narrative? Yeah, I mean, that's that's an issue I have with a lot of just the fantasy space in general. Uh, if something doesn't fit your personal narrative, you either attack it or you ignore it. And that's not how you become a well, like, well-rounded dynasty player, in my opinion. So you have to take those basically punches as they come. So one of the guys we're going to talk about today... I don't want to talk about because he's one of my guys, but I have to bring up some of his combine stats because they're jarring to me and it's not fun. I don't want to sit here and say that my opinion has changed on him because I still like him, but it's a little bit of a gut punch because I didn't expect it, but I'm owning up to it and we're going to talk about it. Everyone's got to have that mindset with all these players coming in. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's like, and even Twitter, I use Twitter instead of, I used to, I used to, I, I, I've, I've, it's, I don't have to wait to New Year's Eve to start a New Year's resolution. My new, my new football year's Eve resolution is no more arguing with, with strangers on the internet about stuff that will never change their mind anyway. I just read what they say, whether it's on one of my tweets or, you know, what they're initially tweeting out. And I just ask myself, why are they saying that? Can it benefit me or, my dynasty teams in any way, shape, form, or fashion? And if the answer is no, I keep scrolling. But you know what? I want to share with you some of my all-time favorite pro day 
uh, tweets and hype pieces. Are you ready for some really good stuff? I'm ready to hear it. Lay it on me. Okay, this first one is in regards to Laquan Treadwell. You know, there are actually people in Dynasty. For those that are newer to the space, this was 2015. Um, there were people who actually drafted Laquan Treadwell over Ezekiel Elliott. And it could have been because of this tweet. Now, we're not holding these people accountable. We all swing. We all miss. But this is the hype around Pro Days. And it is, you can still draft him as the wide receiver one in spite of his 465, 40, and his 33-inch vertical. That came from Matt Miller at NFL Draft Scout. Okay, swing and a miss. But, but that came out of a pro day. That's a pro day comment. This next one. Raw ability was never a question. Christine Michael looking like a huge winner with 27 reps and a 441 at 220 pounds. That's at his pro day. That was from someone we really respect in this industry, Sigmund Bloom. David Njoku shined at his pro day. That was per the Pewter Report, um, which is a, a Buccaneers-related site. But here is my all-time fave. Are you ready? I'm, I'm going to hit you with many from uh, multiple sources um, that you've heard of. Are you ready? Let's hear your favorite. All right, here we go. Johnny, this is an ESPN headline, by the way, ESPN headline. Johnny Manziel of Texas A&M Aggies dazzles at Pro Day. And then inside the article on ESPN.com that read Johnny Manziel of Texas A&M dazzles at Pro Day, in there is a tweet. And this first tweet is from Michael Vick, former Pro Bowl level quarterback himself. And Michael Vick said, Johnny Manziel will be a star in the NFL. I can't wait to watch him play. Oh, but there's another tweet. Now, this guy didn't play pro football. He plays pro basketball. And uh, it's from our man, LeBron James, the king himself. Just finished watching my bro at Johnny Manziel 2 Pro Day. Don't take him if you want to. He's a flat-out star. Accuracy on point. Hashtag strive for greatness. So these are all previous Pro Day headlines that you can find. Just throw any player that's been a bust over the last four, five, six, seven years and put Pro Day behind it. You will find tweets pumping these dudes' tires that it doesn't mean anything. Whether that's Mac Jones and the Vegas Sportsbook driving down his price or Justin Fields now is the, the Vegas betting favorite to go three overall to the 49ers. Believe what you believe and believe what you can verify. So I, I tell you what, before, before we get going any further, uh, I want to take a quick minute and tell you about our friends at Hate Brand Goods. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com, hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. You 
All right. And we're back. And uh, if you head over to Hate Brand Goods, you want to use promo code Memphis at checkout. So I want to talk about some guys who actually did themselves and their draft capital for both the real NFL and the draft of Dynasty World players that actually did themselves some favors and guys who took a bit of a hit. Was there anyone at their pro day who did well and that you feel like Twitter or NFL draft Twitter just aren't giving that player their due right now? Yeah, so I'll go – I'll just give you a quick – guy that just from what I've seen at his pro day impressed me. And then a guy from a athletic testing point that impressed me. So one of our favorite guys to debate the good old slinger out of Ohio state, Justin Fields, his pro day from what I've seen from him actually throwing it. I watched the entire throwing session. I don't know how anyone can tell me that wasn't the breast, the best throwing pro day that we've seen this year. And yes, I understand He's thrown against air. He's thrown against phantom pressure, guys with brooms. I get that entirely, but he was able to make every single throw and not a single ball hit the ground. Uh, The same issues basically that a lot of people have with other quarterbacks, such as like Trey Lance, where his deep ball is a little bit suspect, just some of his accuracy. We saw that there was a couple of deep balls that he's had between his pro days where they weren't on the mark deep. Um, he overshot his wide receivers. That's not the, something that you saw with fields and even Trevor Lawrence had a good pro day, had some good throws, but it had some missteps fields had just the most pristine pro day throwing the ball. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. He had one incredible throw that people basically posted all over the place, 65 yard dime in the air into the end zone. Perfect guy sprinting. Amazing. But it was his short intermediate throwing that everything had zip on it. Everything was perfectly placed. Nothing was trailing. There was no hip catches by the wide receivers. So watching him actually do his pro day was extremely impressive to me. The guy with the numbers that I was the most impressed with that I didn't expect to be impressed with Jalen camp out of Georgia tech. So he, he's a wide receiver that if you're a deep dive guy who likes upside and isn't afraid of production, you're going to go after. He's not a guy I'm going to go after because as we've talked about before, I love production. I love seeing it and not seeing long-term production is scary to me, but from an athletic standpoint, the guy is a freak. You're going to love this one. First stat I'm throwing out bench press. They stopped him at 30 reps because he had already beaten the wide receiver record. He's the 100th percentile. He has officially benched the most wide receiver reps on the bench ever since they started tracking the stats. Came in at a hair over 6'2", 226, a vertical of 40 inches, a broad jump of 129 inches, and then he had his other speed metrics, which I don't hold as much weight, but he was a 4.43 40-yard dash, a 4.16 short shuttle, and a seven flat three cone. So every single metric that he tested was 76% or higher, except for his three cone. So just from raw athleticism, jumped out of the, jumped out of the gym basically. And he is known for being a contested catch guy. So that's just someone to look at deep, deep, deep. If he gets anything even remotely around fourth or fifth round consideration at the back end of your rosters as a wide receiver. But those are my two guys that really impressed me with their protests. So, so you said Jalen Camp. Is that his name, correct? Correct. And, George. And, and, I, well, I'm, I don't want to spend too much time on him, but kids, we call that a writer downer. 
write that name down. Now, I'm going to give him a little bit of love as a, 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 a not a founding member, but a, but an early uh, adapter of the hashtag FFFitClub, hashtag the largest arms, the greatest charm, coming to do the most harm in the FFFitClub, your boy Memphis. Uh, I'm going to give him a, a, a large amount of props on the the bench press, 30 reps. I'm going to write that name down so that on draft night, if he gets, uh, let's say he goes in like the back end of round three, then he has the draft capital and he's got some physical metrics. So that's a rider downer. Don't want to spend too much time on Jalen Camps, but uh, I want to dive into your man, Justin Fields. Uh, let me ask you a question. Now, I know it's a pro day. We're here to knock the pro days. Um, he, he was a riser for you. Um, it, it changed nothing for me. I, I'm going to be dead honest. Uh, for me, going into the draft, and I know people will uh, have their own take on, on my take because that's what people want. Not always does everyone want your information. They want affirmation. They don't want my opinion. They want their opinion coming out of my mouth, but they're not going to get that here. Uh, what, what I He's still my QB three in the class. I think he's he's tremendously toolsy. Uh, I've got a at the whiteboard with Memphis. I just need to record it where I, I have him. Uh, I'm cut where I'm comping this class to the class of 2018, and he's my my Lamar Jackson, the best athlete at the quarterback position, uh, much better thrower than Lamar. And here's the thing: if he falls, that's not a bad thing. You actually, if you're a fan, you want him to fall. You want him to fall to an offense that will actually allow him to grow. You want him to go to an organization that you feel confident will support him with talent around him. I think a lot of time, I, I don't, this, this is live on YouTube, so I don't want to, you know, uh, get the, get the YouTube red flag, but it's a you know what measuring contest. And our guy has to go higher than the next guy to validate us as talent evaluators and dynasty GMs. That's all that it is. That's all that it is. You you would much rather, not you, but Twitter, I mean, that's a better way of putting it. Twitter would be much happier having their guy go, you know, third overall or second overall to an absolutely terrible landing spot just so they could talk about how good he was and how the NFL validated their process. And they took my man third overall because it makes them feel good as opposed to just being happy that their man landed in a great organization with a great GM. Uh, when the Ravens took Lamar Jackson, it was Ozzie Newsom and they surrounded him with a, with a ton of talent. They built the offense around him. No, we don't want that as dynasty GMs and on dynasty. No, hell no. Get that out of here. No, 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 no. We want our guy to to go, you know, the top five, so we can say that we were back in a top five horse. We're doing it backwards. That's doing it backwards in dynasty. Uh, for me, he could go as high as my QB two if he were to land in a spot like New England. If he were to land in a spot like Denver, I know you're like, what Denver? Well, first of all, beating Drew Locke would not be much of an issue. And I know it didn't look great last year, but it was the COVID offseason. I love what I've seen Pat Shermer do with quarterbacks. I would love to see Pat Shermer with an athletic specimen like Justin Fields, with Cortland Sutton, with Jerry Judy, with KJ Hamler, with Noah Fant. You know, put some, put maybe a second or third round pick in the offensive line. You got Melvin Gordon back there, a pro's pro, and boom. Then your man Justin Fields is still a top 10 draft pick, so you can. 
put pin your shoulders back and walk a little bit. But uh, what what say you? Would you, as someone who's clearly advocating for Justin Fields, would you rather him land in a really good spot with a good supporting cast and a and an offensive coordinator with a track record of quarterback success, or would you feel better if he were to say go two overall to an organization that I'm still not sure of, like the Jets? Yeah, so this is the the most difficult portion of his evaluation, I think, for me, because if he goes to an established QB coach in a good situation with a good offensive mindset around him, I think they will more than likely lean on his deep passing ability, and it'll take away from his rushing floor. The thing is, if he goes number two to the New York Jets, as you alluded to, they're going to need to lean on every aspect of him. And that means leaning on his athleticism. So you're going to see him run a lot more in a system, i.e. that West Coast, move it around, get quick with the LaFleur brothers, than you would more than likely with McDaniels. Even though he would be going and sitting behind Cam, the perfect guy to sit behind, who a lot of people think he basically resembles coming out. It's just one of those things where you got to either – you got to watch how they're going to use that athleticism. So for me, in my opinion, if it was the ideal situation for his long-term track record as an NFL prospect and a dynasty player, I would love for him to go to Atlanta, sit behind Matt Ryan for one year to two years max, and then take over in Atlanta as the guy with Calvin Ridley as wide receiver one, maybe tail end of career Julio Jones. Um, But if I'm going realistically, best situation from what's available, I really do think it's Denver. They have every single piece imaginable. Their defense was already solid last year, was able to take KC to the finish line in both games, and all they need is the quarterback position. If you're telling me he gets to throw to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, one of the best route runners ever, and then he's got as you said, Mr. Football Gordon, and then two tight ends. Albert O, don't forget about him. He was being real successful before he tore that ACL. That's so, Albert Oquabunum. I think there that's you right. go. Oquabunum. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Denver is the most realistic spot where he could fall, where I think he would be the most advantageous. I would just caution people about his dynasty floor if he lands in a system that is not going to use his rushing upside as much as you'd like. Yeah, for sure. You you know, you, you don't draft a guy like Justin Fields and try to make him Mac Jones. And you don't draft Mac Jones and try to make him Justin Fields. You know, too often, and, and this is for anybody listening, you know, if you have a, a boss or a, a supervisor who's not maximizing your strengths and is trying to make you, I mean, maybe it's something you can do, but it's not what you're best at. And find someone who's going to maximize what you what you're good at, and I, I hope that's what happens here. I'm going to hit you with a, with a couple of guys. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on Elijah Moore. I think that's a name you've heard a lot over the last couple of weeks, ever since he blazed at his combine. He ran a 4.3540. Now, that's a pro day, so we're going to round that up to a 4.4 flat. We're going to use the Roto World measurement. He had a, a 4 flat uh, short shuttle, and he had a 6.66. Hello, Satan, a 6.66. Uh, three cone, so we'll round that up just a tad as well. Just an overall great combine, but he did it at five nine and a half and a buck seventy eight. But Dallas, do you know who else was five nine or is five nine? Uh, I don't know. Tell me, Am- Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers at his Clemson pro day, 
He came in at five foot nine, uh, about the exact same height. The difference is this man weighed 212 pounds, 34 more pounds than Elijah Moore. Now he ran a four, five, two. Um, I don't know if that was adjusted. Uh, so we're going to, in fairness, adjust that to a four, five, seven, which maybe isn't as fast. Um, but, and his three cone was seven flat. And so we'll round that up just a tick as well. So maybe not as twitchy, but man, he is someone that I've seen routinely going in the second and third round of mock drafts. He's got, you know, he's been playing with great teammates at the wide receiver position. You know, he played with T Higgins. Um, I believe he played with, even with Hunter Renfro. And you can laugh at Hunter Renfro all you want, but the man's a professional football player. Dude, that's my guy. That is a guy who he didn't blow his pro day out of the water, but I don't think he's getting enough love. He's also taking uh, some handoffs in the backfield as like a running back-ish type player. Now, I don't think he'll ever get the full Antonio Gibson treatment, but if he lands with a very intelligent offensive coordinator, like you mentioned the the LaFleur brothers, you know, they have been very good for, you know, dynasty success. Maybe, maybe he goes in the, you know, the Jets have got a lot of picks. Maybe the Jets want to add him as a, uh, a, an eventual replacement for Jamison Crowder or, or something like that. I, I just think that would be beautiful. Could you imagine adding, you know, Amari Rogers, uh, his teammate, Travis Etienne, to go along with Corey Davis and Denzel Mims? Maybe you get a Pat Fryermuth or a Tommy Trimble or one of these tight ends. And all of a sudden, you got this good young core of weapons, of versatile players for Zach Wilson. So if you have anything on Elijah Moore, please give it to us. But uh, what were your thoughts on Amari Rogers? Because he was a name who was getting a little bit of buzz a couple of weeks ago, but then it's dipped off. Yeah, you know, Elijah Moore is one of my guys. Um, right now he's sitting wide receiver five for me, so I'm high on him and I think he's going to be successful regardless of location. Uh, I'll leave it at that. That's Elijah Moore for you. Uh, Amari Rogers, we've talked about it before, but uh, he's a brick shit house. That's my one my one cuss word for the day. Um, he is a mean dog mentality guy, and that's what I like about him. Like you said, he's got that versatility of the backfield. He's going to make a very, very tough-minded and a very, very good slot receiver at the next level. I would love to see someone like him go to Green Bay. I think that is the compliment that you're looking for, someone with some tenacity, because people never talk about it, but Devontae Adams doesn't really have that like alpha mentality when he's out on the field. And so if you have a guy who's just in there just getting the nitty-gritty tough yards in the middle, can stretch the field if he needs to, and can also come out of the backfield, that's kind of what they had for those couple of years. If you remember first with James Stark and then after James Stark going into Ty Montgomery with just that versatile guy in the offense that Aaron Rodgers utilized a lot. And so an offense like that is what I'm looking at for him to go into. And I think he is a little bit landing spot dependent, but if he gets in the right offense, it's going to be wonderful. I, 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 as much as I love him and as much as I love the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, I would love to see him be a cog in that wheel, but you don't want too many people in that San Francisco machine. So there's a couple of guys who, even though the combine slash pro day numbers were good, 
Uh, just a couple of guys we're keeping eyes on. So we're going to take a quick minute and we're going to take a word from our friends over at Viridian Global. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global. That is V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store and then you'll see all the t-shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at ViridianGlobal.com. Thanks for checking them out. All right. So Viridian Global, we are still doing merch. There's a, a weird thing where we're, we're taking some down and putting some up and, but look for this summer as I have time to work in a new line. Look for a full new line of merch over at Viridian Global. Uh, going to be pretty neat what, what you see over there. And it's not just going to be your standard fantasy football gear. All right, man, you have, a, you have a name of a guy whose pro day probably didn't go as well as you would have thought. And uh, any impact to their draft that, that, you, that you think? Yeah, I've got two guys. Uh, you, you want me to talk about the heartstring pooler first, or do you want me to back clean up with the guy that hurt me? Hey man, you 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 do what you got to do. Why don't you get your uh, your heartfelt one out of the way first, and then we'll spend a few minutes on your second guy. Okay. Well, I already got called out once for it, and I was wrong, guys. Tamorian Terry is not as big and not as fast as he's supposed to be. He looks bigger. He looks faster on tape. But when that guy was put into some spandex and told to run in a straight line and get next to the tape. He did not measure up to what I thought he was going to be. Um, he was billed as that 6'4 wide receiver sitting right around 215, 220. He came in at 6'2 and a half, 207. So significantly lighter than what he was supposed to be, two inches shorter. Another wide receiver that did basically the exact same thing was Rashad Bateman. Um, both of them are taking some pretty big hits, um, as rightfully so, when you are saying that you're basically 20 pounds heavier than what you weigh in at, there's an issue with that. And so the one redeeming thing you were looking at, we were thinking he was going to be maybe high four threes. He ends up coming in at a four, four, two. And so adjusted a four, four, seven official we'll go with. So he's still in that four, four range, which isn't bad for a guy that size, but I still swear he runs faster on tape than a four, four, five. And I'm still going to stand with that. It's just one of those guys where his testing numbers took a hit. And now instead of that guy who could easily have found his way into that third and fourth round range, I really do think we're going to be looking at him getting draft capital, maybe in the fifth round, which is really going to hurt his overall basically pathway to getting some work in the next level. So I don't like saying it guys, I'm going to eat crow with it. I was wrong on Tamori and Terry athletically, but I still like the prospect. 
Um, when it comes to my secondary player, I'm actually going to put a nail in a coffin of one of your guys that we've talked about a little bit, and that's Demetric Felton. So Demetric Felton's pro day was horrible. <laughs> uh, it was bad, and there was a lot of hype surrounding this guy as potentially the next Antonio Gibson. But Antonio Gibson's athletic measurables blow everything with Demetric Felton out of the water. He came in at 5'9", under 190 pounds. <laughs> His vertical jump, 32 inches. That's 14th percentile for running backs. His broad jump, 114 inches. That's the 19th percentile. Bench reps, 10. His 40-yard dash, unadjusted, 4.55. So you're telling me a guy who's predicating his game on speed, shiftiness, and explosiveness put up these numbers. This is the type of prospect where I am concerned because every single aspect of what he showed when he's being measured does not line up with what you see on tape. And that's concerning to me. That brings to the question, was it competition? Was I not looking at it right? He's a guy I'm going to go back and rewatch his tape just to make sure that I wasn't seeing things. But I have a lot of red flags with Demetric Felton that I did not have before his pro day numbers came out. Yeah, I was a little, little bummed out for Demetric. You know, you, you, you see a guy, you, you, you read the, the write-up on, you know, whatever site it is that, that you use, and you're like, all right, all right, I, I, I got me a guy. You know, he's still a guy that at the back end of my rookie drafts or whatever, I'm still going to take a flyer. If he gets any kind of draft capital, um, you know, not everything's going to be a, a James Robinson, you know. You, you don't always get that lucky, but – you know, he feels like the kind of guy that you'll draft and I'll throw him on the back end of a taxi uh, and, and see what happens. And, you know, you should always be out there cycling those taxi squads anyway. All right, I'm going to hit you with my final guy. Um, you know what, but but his his less than stellar pro day didn't change anything for me. That's Javante Williams, five foot nine and a half, uh, 212 pounds, 45840, which we're going to round up to a 463. I mean, coming in lighter, shorter, and slower than we thought is not good. Now, Pro Football Focus, I've been listening to their podcast. It's the one with, I think it's George and Sam, but I don't know. They they have him as the number one running back on their board. Uh, Jerry and I last Wednesday on the Dynasty Warzone show, so that would have been 414 in your podcast player or uh, 414 on YouTube with Jerry, myself, and Matt Waldman of the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Um, I still like him. You know, he, here's the thing, guys. Um, have you seen the classic movie Tommy Boy? I, I see you shaking your head uh, on yeah, the I was, I was muted. It wouldn't unmute there for some reason. Yeah, yes, yeah, I have yeah. seen Tommy Boy. <laughs> I, I thought you were hiding a chuckle. I thought you were hiding a chuckle. And uh, what's the, the great line from Tommy Boy? You can get a good look at a T-bone steak by shoving your head up a cow's butt, or you can take the butcher's word for it. Here's the thing. Is Matt Waldman infallible? No, he's not. But you know what Matt Waldman is? He's reliable. He does a good job historically more often than most, especially of those that watch film. And you know who I found to be the most reliable of film watchers because they never look at anything from a film uh, or a fantasy slant? It's Greg Cosell of NFL films. He also likes Javante Williams. So I've got, I've got Matt Waldman. I've got Greg uh, Cosell 
And then I got the guys at PFF who are a very data and metric based group. And they have him as a top running back in this class with their broken, broken tackle metric. You know, I know some places love him more than others, but nothing's changed for me. I'm still drafting him exactly where I was drafting him in a, in a rookie draft, whether that's around for me personally in a super flex around like the 108 and in a two Q, excuse me, in a, in a one QB. He's fourth off the board. And a one QB for me, spoiler alert, even if you're not a Patreon, here you go. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Jamar Chase, Javante Williams. Nothing has changed. I don't let these pro days get to me. Uh, what do you think about Javante Williams? I know uh, your boy Michael Carter didn't exactly set the world on fire either. I think this is one of those rare instances where the college actually allowed the truth to come out. And for that, we should publicly shame them. But anything you want to add before we take this one in? Yeah, no, nothing really changed for me on Javante. I didn't think he was going to be as fast as people were talking about him. He got caught pretty much every single time by a defender on the back end anytime he was breaking the long runs. So that didn't really bug me. Um, him coming in about 10 pounds lighter than what he should have is the only thing that concerns me. He came in lighter than Travis Etienne did. That's that's my standpoint. Like that that comparison should concern some people a little bit um with his play style if he is 212 pounds he cannot run how he runs at the next level i'm just going to say it now and that is something that concerns me so i don't know if he purposely shed weight to try and run a little bit faster or what was going on with his pro day but the weight is the only thing that slightly concerns me about him um like you said i'm not dropping him below other guys like Shuba Hubbard or the Gainwells or anything like that, because I do think he's a better overall back than those guys. But the weight in his play style is something that I need to keep my eye on, see how he specifically looks when he gets into training camp. If he's looking a little bit beefier than what he is right now, I'll feel more comfortable. But the weight is the thing for me. Well, as someone who wrestled and had a few MMA fights, which are all weight class determined sports, Weight manipulation is so easy. And let's say, obviously, Javante Williams would have wanted to come in heavier than that. Obviously, we would have loved to have seen him. If he had put up those numbers at 220, I don't think it would have been as much. But what, what if his nerves were bad and, and he took a massive dump that morning? Or he was dehydrated and he didn't have a lot of water? I mean, th- there are a lot of factors. You know, I, I could put 10 pounds, I could have put 10 pounds on him the morning of. You know, maybe he was trying to get his athletic measurables more in line. I, I know I know what I've seen on film and my limited knowledge of watching film, and then I know what the people that I trust have seen on film. Uh, and for me, if he goes on day two and he goes to Atlanta or Miami or Pittsburgh in, in, on day two with, like, decent second-round draft capital, nothing's changed, guys. Nothing's changed. You know what? Nothing's changed. But uh, next week we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a very special first timer. This guy has been a friend of mine for a while. Uh, my wife calls him my internet friends. Uh, he was one of the uh, original members of our Dynasty Warzone Listener League, and he took me down in the inaugural year of the the Listener League. I got second. Uh, he's going to jump on with us next week, the week leading up to the draft. We're going to talk about his rookie rankings, uh, something he's doing. May do a mock draft, but remember, if you're not subscribed on YouTube, you're going to miss Mock Draft Monday with Memphis on YouTube. 
short video, eight minutes. We're going to, you know, stream live off of the sleeper website. I'm going to do the mock draft right there. So you have the full visual aid and I promise to only take eight to 10 minutes of your time. Dallas, do you know what I just realized? That, that we, we are, we are two guys named after cities talking about football. Now Memphis for me is a, a nickname given to me by, by my good buddy, Jim. Now I think Dallas is your legal name. Correct. Legal name. All right. So, so, you know what they say, never play cards with a guy whose first name is a city, write that down. But anyway, uh, on behalf of Dallas, my name is Memphis and here at the rookie rundown, uh, a podcast on the DWZ football network. We are just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here on Monday with the boys of the FF Smackdown. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a kick. Hey, ass fellow Monday. Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging hands on monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy. Which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code DWZ ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season.